1: And welcome into another episode of The Damn Podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network and powered by BeaverBlitz.com. I'm your host, Carter Baines, joined as always by BeaverBlitz.com publisher Angie Machado for the first episode of The Damn Podcast in the year 2023. We took a, a quick break for the holidays and we are back now uh, to talk. 2022 football look ahead to baseball season we've got basketball in the middle of in in the middle of the season right now lots of stuff going on this is going to be a football centric episode though um, as we are recording on monday january 9th the day of the 2022 slash 2023 college football playoff national championship georgia and tcu doing battle in about two and a half hours from now so we're going to get you out of here if you're watching us live in time for that championship game. Uh, Angie, today we're talking early signing period because we haven't had a chance to do that since we took our little break and you know we were covering bowl game stuff. Um, so we're going to go ahead and look back at the early signing period for Oregon State and the 18 signees that the Beavers are bringing in in the new year. But before we jump into all of that, Angie, how was your holiday season? Did you have a good Christmas, New Year? are you refreshed and ready to go for a full 365 days of what could be the most highly anticipated Oregon State football season that we've covered?
2: I am Carter. I hope you are too, because it's been, it was a busy, busy, um, four or five months that we've just gone through. And, um, it was nice to take a little couple weeks off. Although we get back from the bowl game and then it's jumped right into signing day, which is kind of crazy around here. And then I got I did not get COVID, but I got a cold. So like our whole family was coughing and um, Christmas was delayed by a day or two. And it's all good, though. Everybody's good. And uh, yeah, I it's just so much excitement um, in the air. I mean, I I think you can feel the buzz and um, so much excitement around the program uh, with recruiting, with the transfer portal, which I know we'll get to later on in this episode. So um, a lot of um, if you're a Beaver fan, I think you should be pretty excited for the future.
1: Yeah, even though this 10-win season ended almost a month ago now, it feels like it was just yesterday that we were in Las Vegas, but we're coming up on a month since it ended. The momentum hasn't slowed down at all. I mean, we just celebrated the one-year anniversary of Research Stadium's implosion. Uh, Oregon State continues to pull talent from the transfer portal. We've got another signing day coming up in about three weeks. Um, So it's not like there's any, like, lull in momentum or news or anything uh, around this football program right now, which – you know, normally we have a decent amount of stuff to talk about here in January, but it feels like there's even more this year.
2: Yeah, I mean, um, you think about it, because like you said, we're like three and a half weeks away, four weeks away from um, February 2nd, which is the second signing period, which is, is more of the walk-on signing period for the for the preferred walk-on players now. But then, you know, then baseball starts and then spring camp starts for football. And I know this year, especially with, with, the, with the new players coming in, DJ, we are ang ungalele, I'm I'm working on it, Carter. But uh, you know, with him being in town, it's uh, there's so much buzz, and it's going to be here, you know, before we know it.
1: No kidding. Um, so today, since we are talking, uh, we're going to go back in time, actually, a, a whole year ago to December 2022, um, and and we're going to talk about early signing day, which is like you said, Angie. It's it's more of the scholarship signing day, whereas February is now reserved for more walk-ons and maybe a surprise or two. Um, scholarship guy, but we are going to talk about the December signing period, which ran from 20 uh, December 21st through the 23rd. Most of those signings again, happen on the first day. So we have kind of defaulted to calling December 21st, that first day of the early signing period, the new national signing day. So we're going to talk all about that. Oregon state again, signs 18, um, you know, high schoolers and, and, and Juco guys to come in for the 2023 season in that 2023 class. So as we break all of this down, we're going to start with a a quick overview. Then we're going to go down the line and actually do a a brief little profile on each of the signees. Uh, And then we'll take a quick break, hop back and do a bunch of superlatives. So Angie and I went in um, and voted for our MVP, our most game ready player, um, the best fit uh, and, and even more. So we'll do that in the second half. Talk about a couple of the guys who we see maybe competing for playing time as true freshmen. And then I'll look ahead to what's next as far as the transfer portal goes, as far as that February signing day. And that's kind of the extent of what we'll do here in this belated early signing day recap, you know, as <laughs> we're about two weeks late. But again, um, needed to, to refresh and recover after the grind that, that was the 2022 football season. So, Angie, let's get things started with an overview of Oregon State's 2023 recruiting class which again highlights 18 signees one of them ceremonial and you know we'll we'll get to each of these guys and, and highlight that um one of them is a juco guy and, and 17 of them are preps so 18 the volume is is a lot higher than in the last couple oregon state had more room to bring in talent um, didn't necessarily have the roster uh constraints that came with covid it was more of a a prototypical signing class
2: but but less juco's than what we saw earlier in jonathan smith's tenure with only one juco in this class um they are going you know more of the traditional prep route
1: yeah so i mean you get the 17 versus one i I think last year there were only one or two um, we have in the past seen, uh, you know, one or two of those guys come in um, later on because Juco guys actually have their own signing window. I, yeah. I think there's another window that's actually still open in January. I, I had all of this pulled up. Yeah, it's yeah. So because they have the mid-year transfers. And, yeah. Right. Yeah. You've got the mid-year transfers. you got the two transfer windows for the guys who are going FBS to FBS. And then there's the two signing periods for high schoolers. So it's all over the place yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, but just because there's only one Juco guy right now doesn't necessarily mean that the door is closed. But um, as you said, yeah, it is, you know, to only bring in one, it's, it's a little uncharacteristic for Oregon State. Um, as far as player ratings go, there's two four-star prospects in this class. Again, Oregon State had never signed a four-star prospect uh, with Jonathan Smith as the head coach. They get two in this class and 16 three-stars. So, you know, moving away from the the era of, of two-star recruits, there's very few of those in the 24/7 sports uh, database. Uh, most of them are, you know, are, are three stars. But two four stars, again, is is the most high-end talent that Jonathan Smith has brought in. An average player rating of 86.45, which again goes to, I think, elevating the the level of talent uh, in, in in this in this class.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, you know, that is a mid-level three star. So this class averages a mid-level three star. We'll get later down, you know, down the list here of kind of our thoughts on the rankings, um, composite rankings. I think 24-7 does a great job in, 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 these, in the analysis of these players. But um, 86.45, I think if you can build classes, um, you know, Oregon State is not going to be the, the school that is signing, you know, all the four and five stars and, and all of that. Um, but they want to have good talent that they that wants to be in Corvallis and that they can develop, and that's that's the goal going forward.
1: And I think they accomplished it here again. Eighty six point four five is one of the higher average player ratings we've seen. Um, you know, oftentimes Oregon State's in the eighty five and and below yeah. as they sign a lot of guys who are in the low eighties, and then maybe they have one or two that's like an eighty eight, eighty nine. But again, getting those four star guys, I think bumps you up because a player like Aiden Childs checking in above a 90 in the composite or kelsey howard around 91 you know i mean those guys definitely raise the ceiling which also you know of, of course raises your average but um the but those floor, two guys more too though has yes. has risen
2: and and you look at those two guys they actually fall in the top 10 all-time signees at oregon state yeah. well i say all time since like 2000
1: yeah uh, as far as rankings go it's the 50th rank class nationally and and actually it was uh, quite a bit higher before signing day but with all of the flips and and some of the movement and late commitments and and even um up up until what saturday when we were watching the all-american Bowl, you know guys are still committing and there is another signing day so the the rankings are not finalized but as of right now oregon state falls 50th uh, that's also the ninth ranked class in the PAC 12, which again, Oregon state was, I, I believe fifth going into signing day. So yeah. you see the Beavers fall there, but um, it's not necessarily a, a knock on the efforts that they put in um, because again, really what matters the most, oh, we got dogs yes. in the background the Machado. I'm,
2: I'm looking here.
1: Um,
2: I'm
1: mute. All right. Andrew's on mute for the, for the time being. Um, so what what matters more, I I think, and I think Angie will back this up too, than the rankings themselves are the average player ratings. Because, again, Oregon State raises the floor and also raises the ceiling. Um, that's not necessarily reflected in landing ninth in the Pac-12. Um, but there is more talent in this class than than we have seen in years past. This is also Oregon State's highest ranked class since 2013, if it ends up finishing in the top 50 it would be the first top 50 class since 2013. The Beavers have signed um a, a 51st ranked class, a 52nd and I think a 54th. So, you know, it is kind of on par with some of those higher end classes that Oregon State has had in the last decade or so. Uh, but again, it's the highest ranked class since 2013 as it stands now. That class uh, a decade ago was highlighted by Deshaun Hunt and Steven Nelson. Nelson of course um you know, panning out and, and turning into an NFL caliber player. So um hoping to bring Angie back in here in just a second. I, I'm
2: here. So to apologize, I am watching t- a friend's two dogs. And yes, they're little yippers. And I don't know what they heard, but they heard something. And now I locked them out. And now they're going to be yipping outside. So let's just keep our fingers crossed.
1: It'll I got at least the mute quieter.
2: Yes, yes. Um, so no, I mean, I, you know, Carter, does it bother you at all that? Or State is say ranked ninth in the conference because it doesn't bother me at all just based on what we've seen from the staff
1: no and again to the point that i just made about your average player rating meaning a little bit more than your ranking um
2: oh we're getting spam botted over here no, i'll will uh,
1: yeah, block <laughs> block the user um
2: dogs barking and spam bots <laughs>
1: <laughs> i know this is I, hey i said when we pressed record we we're gonna have to brush the rust off yes, a little bit because yes. it's been a couple of weeks but uh no anyway so you know oregon state being ranked ninth again a lot of the the ranking has to do with volume yeah. whereas your average player rating just takes into account the actual quality and caliber <laughs> yeah. of player bringing in oregon state's average player rating is eighth so you know again that's that's not a huge difference from eight to nine but it shows that you know, you can have more talent than the team ahead of you. They just have more players. Um, So uh, again, I I think, you know, you look at that player rating and I put a little bit more stock into that than the ranking (sighs) itself. Even then, still Oregon State ranked 50th. That's the highest ranked class in a decade. So, you know, the volume, again, higher than the last couple and and the talent as well. Um, Angie, anything you want to add as far as, Uh, player ratings and rankings go before we actually highlight some of these guys.
2: No, I just, I just really do think this is probably the best overall class that we've seen at Oregon state. Probably since 2012, 2013.
1: Yeah. All right. So there's 18 guys we want to highlight here. And I I don't think we're going to spend like a ton of time on each one of them just because we do have other things we want to get to in the show. And um, we know from Jonathan Smith's signing day press conference, how long it takes to go down the line and highlight each one of these guys. I mean, I think Jonathan talked for about 20 minutes before we even asked the first question. So um, we're going to breeze through this, do just a, a little blurb on each guy. And we're going to go in order of 24, seven sports composite ranking. So this isn't, you know, we're not going to offense defense. We're not going like down the line of positions and we're not even going off of the 24, seven sports. Um, Experts alone, we're we're including all of the sites that twenty four seven compiles in their industry generated uh, composite ranking, and we we have to start with number one, uh, who is quarterback Aiden Childs, who uh, was just featured in the All American Bowl on Saturday, had a great day, twenty four seven Sports sent multiple recruiting experts down to that, and they were all raving about him, and with each of these guys, we're going to give you their stars and their ratings. Aiden Childs is a four-star with a composite rating of 0.9147, um, and he's actually ranked, I, I believe. I said I don't have the 24/7 uh, rating pulled up, but I believe he's a 92 or 93 in the 24/7 database. So, still waiting on the other sites to catch up. He 93. is 93, 93. okay. Yes. And I, I do believe that he's going to be getting another bump um, as well after what the 24/7. Um, experts thought of him at the all-american bowl
2: yeah he 24 7 sports has him as the number 11th ranked quarterback in the country number 150th overall player so that is significantly higher than the composite which like i said when you look across the board um of, of who's actually watching these guys and evaluating them 24 7 in the west coast blows everyone out off the table so that's i i do look at the 24 7 rankings 93 carter that's huge and if you saw what he did, he's raw. He's, his, his talent's very raw, but watching him not only in his his senior year, but then watching what he was doing in that All-American game, he was throwing dimes. He was on the run. Um, super, super excited to see what he can do in, in Corvallis.
1: Silences some of the doubters, I think, uh, with regard to Jonathan Smith and Brian Lindgren's ability to recruit high-end quarterbacks. Because, I mean, for a while there, it was... It was legitimate, you know. Oregon yeah. State had kind of swung and missed at the quarterback position uh, for quite some time. Aiden Childs coming in as who I think will end up as a top ten quarterback nationally, according to twenty four seven Sports. Um, it, it really doesn't get much better than that. I mean, and the only player at the All American Bowl who outplayed him was Dante Moore, Dante Moore. who is yeah. you know probably the number one quarterback in the country, or at least not named Arch Manning.
2: Yeah, yeah. So he. It, you know, and he actually moved into Corvallis, moved into his dorm last week, um, left, flew to San Antonio for the bowl game, and then arrived yesterday to move back and, you know, join Kelsey Howard is his roommate in the dorm. So um, he is starting things off in Corvallis immediately. They start class today and uh, exciting times for, uh, you know, his future. And I. Uh, blair angulo actually spoke to him earlier in the week um at the 24 7. he's actually fluent in spanish so they send me an audio recording and it's blair and aiden Childs speaking spanish back and forth to each other and so i wrote back and i'm like guys i don't speak spanish and they're like well we thought machado i'm like that's portuguese but i don't speak that either so don't don't conduct interviews in portuguese either but um fluent in spanish i mean he is ready you know he he said he's excited that dj is coming in um he said he hopes, you know, he wants to learn and, and you know, learn from him. But he also said, I'm coming in to compete, too. And uh, so it'll be a very fun spring watching these guys go at it.
1: Get the Google Translate ready for interviews with Aiden Childs. We might have to to become bilingual and, and yes, show off our yes. interviewing skills when we talk to <laughs> Aiden. Um, a couple of stats here on, on Childs before we move on. So. He's a dual threat guy, and I think, again, that's something that Oregon State has had a little bit more of since Chance Nolan took over and Ben Goldbranson developed into somewhat of a mobile quarterback. Uh, But what Aiden Childs brings as far as that goes is more on the DJ Uyunglele caliber. So um, someone who completed 73.2% of his passes as a senior in high school, threw for 3,350 yards and 38 touchdowns to just five picks across 15 games, uh, it's it's impressive stuff as a passer. You mentioned he's still raw there, but you know, at the high school level, he's getting it done. But then also as a runner, I mean, yeah. I, I believe he ran for 14 touchdowns, um, close to a thousand yards, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, averaged something like 14 yards per carry. So a, a big play quarterback with his legs as well as his, as well as his arm. I, I think after a year of development with DJU there to to kind of help him along he's going to be ready to start as a, a red shirt freshman.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he, and what you, if you watched him in that all American game, watch him scramble and then throw, I mean, it was, it was beautiful. And, and he yeah. delivered the ball, right. You know, like on a rope. So um excited to see, um, you know, what he can do. I, I see someone ask about, he did have a little, he got dinged up in that game. We have not heard, um, you know, I mean, how, what severity, but uh now he's in Corvallis and now things go in lock tight mode. So I didn't, I didn't think it looked like it was anything too major, but um, we will definitely be talking with the coaches here next month, more than likely and getting kind of an update.
1: That is the headliner of Oregon state's 2023 recruiting class, Aiden Childs, a six four, one ninety five 195 quarterback from Downey, California. All right, we're gonna try to go a little bit Yeah, we need to go a little the quicker here. These guys, but we definitely did want to highlight more in depth because he is the number one guy in this a And I think, you a know, maybe bit more maybe a similar look at Kelsey Howard here yeah. too, the defensive lineman from Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, I'm scrolling through the multiple tabs I have here to find his bio. So a defensive lineman at six four two seventy from Spring Valley High School in Las Vegas, Nevada. The number two player in Oregon State's 2023 class. Uh, with a 24/7 Sports composite rating of 0.9069, another four star and and two players above 90 in the composite ratings. Um, Angie, to get a, cal- a a player of this caliber at a position of need for Oregon State, I, I think this might be the most important signing in the class. Yeah,
2: absolutely. And and we were just to see how engaged he was. I mean, this was a, a young man that had people coming after him continuously. Again, he's a 93 um, ranked by 24/7. So, um, and the 158th ranked player in the class, according to 24-7. So, eight behind um, Aiden Childs. But being a defensive lineman, an edge rusher, Oregon State, big position in need, huge, huge signing. And I I think Beaver fans, he he may turn out to be fan favorite going forward because this guy is, he's, I'd say he's Hollywood, but he's not Hollywood, he's Vegas. Wears his sunglasses and he is, Interacting, I mean, at the bowl game and at the pep rally, interacting with fans and taking pictures, and he's going to be a, a
1: ludicrous amount of swag. I mean, actually, yes. when you look at <laughs> so I, we have this, um, this, this December 22 2022 signee, uh, press release from Oregon State, and you know, all of the player profiles are kind of just standing there with like a, you know, they, they've got like research Stadium in the background or like a, a wood grain background. Kelsey's there with a you know his sideways hat his sunglasses I think he's got a necklace on there too like I mean just exudes swag um, yeah. so definitely fan favorite potential I want to throw some more stats out there on Kelsey Howard because these are eye as well 55 tackles as a junior and then ups it to 68 as a senior as a defensive lineman that's that's tough because you know you think of your safeties and your linebackers racking up the tackles but he's uh, logged 68 as a senior, including, get this, 14 sacks. Um, so that's about a sack per game, if not more. Two forced fumbles, two fumble recoveries, and five pass breakups. So he's getting his hands up at the line of scrimmage and knocking passes down, forcing fumbles. It's it's a guy who does a little bit of everything. Um, and then somebody, spoiler alert, who I think we're going to be talking about as, as a player who could compete for playing time right away.
2: Yeah, and and I want to kind of go back to because we i always i reach out to all the head coaches for all the signees i usually hear from four or five of four or five of them just to kind of hear very first coach i heard from was kelsey's high school varsity coach and what he highlighted was yes kelsey's a great player but he he highlighted his leadership and how he brings everyone up to his level and so i think that is a really important uh you know thing for oregon state too is it having another major team leader on this roster that's going to help bring his teammates, elevate their, their potential.
1: Another point that, um, you know, once he gets to Oregon stadiums, just playing football, we're not ever going to think about this, but as a high schooler, he's a standout wrestler, finished second in the state. um, I believe as a freshman, I, I think it was at least least early on. Yeah. Second in the state in his first season as a wrestler. Uh, He's also a basketball player and, finished fifth in the state in shot put as well. So a multi-talented athlete. And who is that's it now because it he in.
2: is, he's in Corvallis now. So yeah. he won't be taking part in any of the spring sports, but definitely a fun one to watch.
1: That is Kelsey Howard. And then we move now to number three in the class, uh, Montrell Hatton Jr., a wide receiver out of Carthage, Texas, an 8 8 in the 24 seven composite. That's a very high three-star. He's right on the border of three and four-star status. Um, checks in at six feet, 175 pounds. I, I think a wide receiver, Angie, who can com- compete and, and play right away. I, I don't want to give away all of our instant impact players right now, but um, somebody who is as far as skill position talent goes about as highly rated as Oregon state has landed in the Jonathan Smith era.
2: Yeah, yeah. And this is a guy, I mean, you know, I know fans have been talking about Oregon State needing some wide receiver help. Again, he's another player who is on campus right now, graduated early. Um, In fact, I just saw him go live on Instagram today around lunchtime. He was in the Valley. I I double checked to make sure he was in Corvallis and he was in the Valley Football Center, taking people around the the football center and showing them around. So um, definitely one to watch. He very highly um, regarded in the state of Texas. And uh, Oregon State's expecting big things from him.
1: One thing that I always look for when I'm not, you know, it's sometimes we don't have stats available and we don't have his senior season stats. But what I look for is, does this guy have a proven track record of winning? And I, I think Montreal Hatton might be the biggest winner uh, of this of this recruiting class. So as a sophomore, his first year of varsity, he goes 14 and 0, wins the 4A state title in Texas as a junior. Carthage goes 11 and one, misses out on the state title, uh, but only one loss there. And then as a senior this year, 16 and 0 and a state championship. So this is a guy who won um, shoot. There's 30, 41, 41 games and lost one as a varsity player. Was a thousand yard receiver as a junior. And again, we don't have the full season senior stats, but um, a, a you know a, a star player on a team that wins pretty much every time it goes out on the field.
2: Yeah, he and he was also, um, they, they, just a little tidbit, they won that state title game the day before Oregon State uh, beat Florida in the Vegas Bowl. So it was a, a long season for him, but um, he was a little dinged up. I don't know how much he played in that final game, but um, he is in Corvallis and ready to go now. So and like you said, you can't underestimate that, that winning mentality. They just, they know how to win and uh, they expect that from their teammates.
1: Next up is the number one junior college edge rusher in the nation, Nico Taylor from Hutchinson Community College in Hutchinson, Kansas. If you watched Last Chance U, uh, you would probably remember Hutchinson from the, uh, the indie seasons. Uh, but Nico Taylor, an edge rusher out of Hutchinson, uh, originally from Oceanside, California, 6'5", 235 pounds, comes in, Angie, with how many years of eligibility? Uh,
2: I believe he's a three. I think he has okay. a three. He's a three, I believe. Let me see. I'm just double checking.
1: Um, but again, the the number one edge rusher at the junior college level, the the number 14 junior college player uh, overall. Oregon State may not be landing a ton of junior college talent this year, but it's it's high end stuff. So it has been the last couple of years.
2: Yeah, and he really kind of came into his own this year. You know, 24 five twenty four seven has him ranked at 88. Um, and like you said, number one edge rusher in the country at the JUCO level. So, um, huge. Okay, at, pickup.
1: I'm going to interrupt you. So, I've got him as a three years to play too. Uh he okay, enter as okay. a, a, tr- a true junior. Junior. Uh, okay. Without a redshirt year. Yeah. He was a 2022 All-American Honorable Mention at the junior okay. college level. Uh, played in 12 games. Racked up 43 tackles. 15 and a half tackles for loss and seven sacks. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's... Like that's proven production right there. Um, We're not projecting anything. You know, this is a guy who's already done it. Um, It's just a matter of translating it to the FBS level.
2: Another player who um, was a mid-year transfer. So is in Corvallis this week for, for classes starting.
1: How about this? His first game as a freshman, 14 tackles. That's a pretty good start.
2: Can you, I mean, think about this. Kelsey Howard and Nico Taylor.
1: Yeah, pretty impressive. That, that would be, oh, that'd be scary, and yeah. and that's not even mentioning some of the transfer portal guys. Exactly. Um, who again? We'll we'll touch on at the, at yeah. the end of this. All right. Next up, Leonard Au, outside linebacker from Laie, Hawaii, uh, at Kahuku High School. The 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 North Shore again producing high end talent uh, on the football field. Outside linebacker, six four two ten. He's a three star prospect in the twenty four seven Sports composite at eighty seven flat. Um, Angie, what's your read on Leonard Ayu from Kahuku High School?
2: Yeah, he's he's just a baller. You know, he's kind of in that hybrid safety outside linebacker mold. Um, he is the ceremonial signing of this class. However, he will be taking a two-year uh, Mormon mission, so don't we won't expect him until 2025. And so that is you know a ways down the down the list, but um, definitely excited to see where he lands. It'll be interesting to see where he comes back weight strength wise. Um, you know, theoretically, could you move him inside as a middle backer? Could you see him as a, a, you know, a a stand-up edge rusher, outside linebacker, kind of the hybrids, like what we're seeing with John McCartan. So it'll be interesting to see where he comes back. These mission guys, you kind of hold your breath and wait and see where they come back. Some of them lose a lot of weight and strength. Some of them gain a lot, um, just depending on where they get sent for their mission. But um, definitely a a great addition to Oregon State's class. And uh, he'll be kind of that, Surprise! Now, in a couple years, you'll be we'll be reintroducing you to him in a few years.
1: Ten and a half tackles for loss his senior year, with six sacks and an interception. So again, uh, high level production in high school from Leonard AU. We'll see if he ends up here in in two years. Um, more often than than not, they actually do. You yeah. can look at Riley Sharp at the outside linebacker position as somebody who panned out after taking a two year mission. So again, wait and see. But when 2025 rolls around, uh, you could see Leonard AU joining the program there. Uh, moving to the offensive side again, we've got Jacob Anderson, uh, an offensive tackle in the 24-7 database. You know, Oregon State likes to move their guys around, so we'll see where he actually ends up. Um, out of Billings, Montana, Billings West High School, an 86.92 in the 24-7 sports composite rankings, uh, checks in at six six, two hundred 265 pounds. This is one of those like, okay, Jim Mahalachuk has found his guy kind of yeah. kind of guys. You know, somebody with that kind of size, um, high motor player, I think it's the Jim Mahalachuk mold.
2: Completely. I mean, I th- uh, this is another coach that responded t- um, to my questions. And again, a blue collar, hard worker, um, get after it kind of kid. Um, 6'6", 250 or 265, I, I do see him as a tackle, probably staying in that tackle spot. Um, but what we have seen from Mahalachuk in the past is, he wants his best five guys out. So if that means moving you to guard, um, that is something that he would do even at six, 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 seven. But um, Jacob Anderson, I'm excited because o linemen, I think get overlooked a lot of the time. Um, They're not like the sexy wide receivers that can go make big catches, but um, those road graders, huge part of the program. And and part of Oregon State's big success over the past couple of years.
1: A uh, multiple time, all state honoree in the state of Montana uh, multiple All-Conference awards as well, and and helped uh, Billings West to a, a handful of 2,000-yard rushing seasons. They they took a step back his senior year and, and ran for 1,483, but his first two they were well over 2,000 yards. So um, again, you know it's it's hard to to necessarily outline like the individual production of one offensive lineman, but he was part of really successful groups there in Montana. We move now back to the skill positions with Tasty and Reddix out of Fort Lauderdale, Florida, at Dillard High School. Um, and I will scroll down to the very bottom here to he's find known as Taz. Taz. Yes, yes, they refer to him as Taz. Uh, the pronunciation guide shows it as as Tastine, um, so we'll roll with that. And he's uh, he's 6'1", 180. So you know he's he's got the size, height wise, to to launch himself to the top of uh, Oregon State's, you know, height leaderboard, uh, but we definitely would like to see him put on a little bit more size, you know, and, and bulk up a little bit. I think, but he's got the potential to be one of those. Um, I, I think one of those players who has a, a good combination of speed and size at the wide receiver position.
2: Yeah, and another one, another player that's it's just key. Uh, arrived early. He's with Montrell Hatton, rooming with him um, and Tebow Hall, and just to get these guys here early, they're taking part in winter conditioning, strength training. Um, training tables, all the stuff. He'll be here for spring practice. Oregon state coaches are really excited about both him and Hatton being guys that could potentially step in and and play as true freshmen.
1: Next up is a cornerback in Andre Jordan Jr. Uh, Goes by Andre Jordan Jr. According to Oregon state, he's Andre Piper Jordan Jr. In the 24 seven database, a, Three-star .8625 player out of Federal Way, Washington, uh, who was a two-way player in high school. So uh, he was actually named uh, the All-Purpose Player of the Year in 2020, uh, 2022 in, uh, out of Federal Way um, as a defensive back and wide receiver. But he does come in as a DB to Oregon State.
2: Yeah, it, it's just that length that Oregon State is looking for at the corner position, one. Um, needs to add a little weight, but um, he'll be, uh, you know, in that kind of mold. He comes from Ford, uh, the seven-on-seven team in the Performance Center, so very well coached um, coming out of high school, and uh, I'm expecting pretty big things from him.
1: At tight end, Oregon State uh, had had Dorian Thomas flip to Arizona at the last minute, but they do end up bringing in Cooper Jensen, who was one of the original. I was going one of, of the top class. first
2: signees, yeah, or, or commitments.
1: Uh, back, what I, I want to say, like last. April or May, even. Yeah, I mean, he was on yeah, the very early side. Um, a point eight, a 0.8583, uh So kind of a mid three star according to twenty four seven sports composite.
2: But I will say, He's, uh Brandon Huffman, who lives right there, went to several of his games. Has him as an eighty seven. So,
1: yeah. Again, you know, take the composite for what it's worth. Twenty four seven tends to be a little bit more accurate. Uh, um, and Carter, own... he
2: actually co- he committed October of twenty twenty one. Just at, so even
1: I... earlier than we thought. Earlier, yes. Um, 6'5", out of Glacier Peak High School in Everett, Washington. Uh, some stats for you, his senior year, 22 catches for 339 yards and five touchdowns. Uh, and then again, as, as somewhat of a two-way player, six tackles, two tackles for loss. So, you know, he will come in as a tight end, but one of those athletes who has played on both sides of the ball, um, again, somebody who I think really fits the mold of, of what Oregon State's trying to do in the trenches, uh, and at the tight end. Position.
2: Yeah, he's going to be, we'll talk about him later in our superlatives, but he is your quintessential Oregon State guy commits early sticks with his commitment, even when Tennessee, ASU, Arizona, and the likes start coming in after him. Um, he is, you know, an Oregon State guy through and through so it'll be exciting to see he was at several games this season came down from Snohomish, Washington was at the big Civil War win. Um, just kind of that, that guy that uh, is a beaver and never wavered, you know, for the staff
1: basketball player as well. And a team captain on, on the football team. Um, so has those leadership qualities and again, a multi-sport athlete, uh, you always like to see that Isaiah Chisholm, one guy who I think Angie and I are both very high on at the inside linebacker position, Six one two twenty out of Santa Clarita, California and Chaminade college prep. A 3 star uh, in the twenty four seven sports database, Angie. I, I think one of the the diamonds in the rough. Not to again to you know we're talking about all our superlatives too early, yeah, but yeah, um, somebody who I think flew under the radar and we're pretty excited about.
2: Absolutely, and this is guy. We'll we'll talk about too. This was a guy that Oregon State had to battle for. This was maybe the biggest battle they had. Um, they had several, but this was a, a big fight that they had to go down to the wire with him. So. Um, It was a big pickup. Linebacker just fits that Trent Bray mold of athletic, tough, hard nosed, and uh, I'm excited to see him this fall at fall camp.
1: If he can replicate some of the numbers he put up in high school at the college level, like, I mean, these are all American type yeah. numbers. And yeah. again, I, I hate to project anything, and it's hard to to decide. You know, like, is this guy going to contribute in college as he did as a high school player? But 166 tackles as a senior after posting 111 as a junior. So this guy has nearly 300 tackles over his last two years of college, 106 solo tackles as a senior with nine tackles for loss, three sacks, an interception, which was a pick six, mind you. He also forced a fumble and recovered another fumble for a touchdown. So two defensive (laughs) touchdowns to go with 166 tackles, like probably the highest producing player in high school that Oregon state landed in this 2023 class.
2: Yeah. And and I'm just looking again. Now, again, we keep talking about the the discrepancies between the composite and 24, seven rankings. This is, you know, a Southern California kid. He's had both Brandon Huffman and Greg Biggins evaluate him 88. So that's a high that's right there mid or high three-star low four-star um, and, or, and they had him listed as the number 49 linebacker in the country whereas the composite 107. So um, way better or um, 24 seven has him listed at 55th best player in the whole state of California, whereas the composite is 112. I I just think you kind of I want I want to throw that out to our listeners. So they get a better idea of kind of where the ranking discrepancy is. And um, yeah, I that's, you know, one of the reasons I made the move years ago to 24 seven was because the analysts are good at 24 seven and they actually see these guys play. So, um, I always kind of look at those numbers, put a little more weight, whether that's better or, or, you know, worse than the composite, those 24, seven rankings are, um, especially in the West coast guys, definitely worth looking at.
1: Isaiah Chisholm again, one of the, one of the great gets in this recruiting class. Um, we move to the trenches again, to highlight Abraham Jojo Johnson. Uh, He will be Jojo Johnson. In the Oregon State roster, a defensive tackle from Salt Lake City, Utah, at Olympus High School, who I think projects as as, as somewhat of a project. You know, give him a year or two to develop. Uh, you know, hit the weights, get in that scheme a little bit, and develop. But um, somebody who I, I think you know again has the frame to be really good in the middle of that Oregon State defensive line.
2: Yeah, yeah, this is a guy, and this again. Now I'll point this out because this is the opposite. Twenty four seven, Blair and Gulo has him rated eighty three. Composite, he's an 85. So um he's very raw. He hasn't played football for um, more than just a couple years. Um 6'3, 280 right now. Good weight though, and they can add some more weight to him. So I see him as a like you said, a projecty tackle. Give him a couple years. Um, but definitely um worth taking a shot on.
1: I think very similar to to Kari Hickel last year. Mm-hmm. Um, who we said, you know, he he has the frame, he's a freak athlete, he's got a chance to be really good if you give him a couple of years. Um, and, and that's kind of the Oregon State way, you know, find a couple of those guys who you can build up and keep in the system. And as long as he sticks around, I think we could be talking about Jojo Johnson as a starter in about three years from now. Yeah. Um, 68 tackles in 13 games as a senior, again, at Olympus High School in Salt Lake City, had 10 and a half tackles for loss, two sacks and a fumble recovery. So um, production there. Let's stick, the Let's stick with the D-line.
2: Let's stick with the D-line and then we'll talk about one I'm really excited about.
1: That being Thomas Collins from Gothenburg, Sweden, went to RIG Academy in Sweden. Um, There is somewhat of an American football presence in Sweden. Oregon State fans, obviously, are very familiar with Simon Sandberg, who came over, spent a year or two um, in San Francisco at San Francisco City College. Um, But Thomas Collins, following a a very similar mold, comes to Oregon State from Sweden on the defensive line at 6'1", 275.
2: Yeah, and... I don't know if you guys saw, but he came over with some of his teammates, um, international teammates, and they did a, a, one of the big camps at, um, I believe it was Texas A&M. And if you saw some of the video that was put out of his just athleticism, I mean, he was like one leg jumping over hurdles, uh, unreal type stuff. So um, like I said, 6'1, 275, I think he could make an impact immediately. I, I think the the staff's taking more of a wait and see approach with him um, because he is more raw, but, um, excited what this young man can do.
1: Thomas Collins, an eight, five, nine or eight, five, three, nine in the 24 seven composite. So right there firmly in the middle of the three star range. Um, there are multiple guys actually one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah. Six players with an 85 rating in the composite, uh, Collins being one of them. Moving back to the offensive side, Zachary Card at the wide receiver position, an 8536. Um, somebody with elite speed at 511, 175 out of Brentwood, California, at Pittsburgh High School. Um, a player who Jonathan Smith compared to Anthony Gould. I was, I was just going to say goes, he reminds
2: me of Anthony Gould.
1: Um, you could see him uh, maybe get a special teams role uh, relatively early. I think, again, somebody who might take a year or two to develop into a role player. Um, but I think Oregon State's going to try to get him on the field relatively early. Uh, his senior year catches 35 passes for 673 yards and six touchdowns. Um, but again, carried the ball for 86 yards and two touchdowns on seven touches. So showing his, uh, you know, kind of w- what he can bring as a, as a ball carrier as well. There is as, as a really fast player.
2: Yeah. And again, he's on campus immediately. So um, jumping right in with the the winter conditioning. So that just gives him a little leg up.
1: And another two-way player in high school who had 57 tackles, a tackle for loss and four-pass breakups. So, um, again, you you really like to see those two-way players in high school because it means they're great athletes. Yes. Um, And And it helps them
2: understand. They also understand then, you know, they can understand how defenses are aligned. Um, It'll just help them going forward.
1: Totally. Uh, Xander Esty on the offensive line, uh, another Jim Mahalachuk prospect out of Auburn, California, at Placer High School. 85 uh, uh in the 24-7 composite, six four two seventy-five, a captain on that place or high school team as a senior.
2: Yeah, this is one that actually the coaches saw a camp and offered him on the spot. So um, you look at his offer list, he had Cal, Cal Poly, Fresno State, Idaho, um, among others. But Oregon State saw him, Mahalachek saw him and offered him. So, you know what, that basically to me is good enough. Um, validation for for the young man because coach Mahalachuk knows what he wants and uh, he was able to land him.
1: That's the last of the 85 rated players in the composite. We move now to four more players in this 2023 class and all of them are in the 84 range. Uh, the first one being a defensive back out of White House, Texas at White House high school, Jermon McCoy who measures at six feet flat, uh, 180 pounds again from Texas, which we know Oregon State has has continued to kind of rebuild into a pipeline over the last couple of years.
2: Yes, uh, just you know a big um, you know they like the length. Oregon State likes the length. I believe too that um, I'm just looking here to double check because I wasn't sure. I think White House is where Patrick Mahomes went to high school. I think I was trying I to
1: not confirm this, but um, if so, I'm just looking because I, I
2: swear, because 24-7 has some great uh, analysts in, yes, he went to White House, Texas. There you so go. good, good pedigree for football, um, for Jermod. Um, but just again, just what coach um, Blue is looking for, length, um, athleticism, and uh, just kind of that mold, you know, they are looking for another, you know, JUCO or transfer portal. So they're not expecting these, these high school DBs to come in and compete right away. Give them a little time to develop and uh, look out.
1: Again, another one of those two-way players. And, you know, a, a lot of these guys maybe just see a few snaps on the side of the ball that's not their primary side. Jermon McCoy was a, a first-team all-league player on both sides as a cornerback and a wide receiver. So uh, as, as a DB, he had 29 tackles, two interceptions, um, and then also was a kick returner. Uh, but offensively as a wide receiver had 784 yards and eight touchdowns on 57 catches. So I I think you like to see that from a defensive back, somebody who actually like has proven they can catch the ball because that bodes well for their ball skills as a defender, whether it's, you know, pass breakups or interceptions Um, you know, a lot of times guys come in as, as coverage corners who don't necessarily have the ball skills, but can stick with receivers very well. Jermon McCoy is a guy who can make plays on the ball, um, and with his speed again, as a kick returner, maybe somebody who, if you're projecting, uh, your favorite to return a pick six, like two years from now, maybe Jermaud McCoy is that.
2: Yeah. Guy. And, and he's also, he qualified for the five a Texas regionals in the triple jump as a junior. So, um, just shows again, more athleticism. Gabe Brooks was very high on him. He's our Texas analyst at 24 seven. And, uh, I, I, know composite he rated out as an 84, 86, uh, 24-7, Gabe has him as an 87. So that would be a high three-star um, in 24-7. So um, just an all-around great athlete and also a very good student. He had offers from Tulane, Air Force, Army, Columbia. Um, so a really good student as well.
1: Two more defensive players, and we start with Zakiya Saez, uh at the edge position. Uh, according to 24-7, he'll join Oregon State as an outside linebacker at 6'4", 230. Uh, from Lake Worth, Florida and St. Thomas Aquinas High School, a uh, you know, one of those football powerhouses. Right. Um, a, again, three stars, uh mid-84 guy, eight four uh eight four eight three in the 24-7 composite. Uh Angie, your thoughts on Zaciaya Sayas at outside linebacker.
2: I'm excited because because you know just like we talk about getting great athletes that can play both both sides of the ball, getting guys from top programs is also so crucial because these guys come they're already like a step ahead, a lot of programs just in their training and their, their strength training, their conditioning. So um, he is more of a project. I don't expect him to come in and make an immediate impact, but, you know, give him a couple years in the system. Um, again, this is what Oregon State needed to do. They, they spent uh, several years with the transfer portal, JUCO guys, trying to build up and then get guys developed. And that's, you know, again, where they're focusing on their NIL. They're not buying guys to come to Corvallis or, um, you know, like we're seeing elsewhere. They're getting guys developing them and then Nil deals coming coming through to keep them.
1: another high-end athlete who played basketball um, he was a small forward and shooting guard there um, but production wise you know you mentioned him being somewhat of a project and and I, I think you're right there but also I mean he did produce at St. Yeah. Thomas Aquinas 58 tackles as a senior with 12 sacks which is really impressive stuff yeah. um, as a junior had 32 tackles and interception, a forced fumble. So, you know, the, the production is there. It's just a matter of getting him to translate to the FBS level, which I, I think, again, going to St. Thomas Aquinas, a, a state title caliber program um, helps him there, yeah. uh, but we'll see how long it takes for him to, to join the rotation at outside linebacker. The final defensive player we're going to highlight here in the 2023 class is Harlem Howard, a safety in high school who, um, you know, again, Oregon state likes to move those guys around. So we'll see if he lines up as a safety or a corner, um, Angie, maybe you have insight there, but a 6'1, 175 athlete out of Pompano beach, Florida, uh, went to multiple high schools, uh, there in Florida, uh, an eight, four, six, seven in the 24 seven composite.
2: Yeah. Just again, um, it's, it's a recurring theme. Another multi-sport athlete played basketball, um, on the varsity ba- basketball team, Um, just a a stellar athlete, um, probably one of the best athletes at his high school, um, kind of did it all and, uh, definitely look forward to him kind of a late addition. Oregon state kind of came in on him late. He made that early December trip out to, to Corvallis from Pompano beach, but, um, loved what he saw. His mom loved it. And, uh, he, he committed fairly, fairly quick after he returned and signed immediately thereafter.
1: I'll tell you my favorite stat from Harlem Howard. 477 punt return yards on 23 attempts that's an average of around 20 yards per punt return but
2: but that's, that's just incredible. it Oregon State just they signed i mean look at all these athletes i mean we can finish up here with David Wells from lakes mm-hmm. uh Lakewood Washington wide receiver again just a stellar overall athlete um and I think that's that's really kind of the mold that Oregon State's looking for they like length especially for the defensive backs and receivers but just guys that that are athletic, maybe the best athlete at their school or on the field for their, for their program um, and that are well-coached.
1: David Wells, Jr., the the wide receiver, the the final, um, final signee in this 2023 class, 6'2", 170 from Lakewood, Washington, Lakes High School. And uh, actually in the 24-7 database, we had him at six feet flat. So potentially grew a little bit his final year of of school. We'll see what he uh, checks in at in the fall. But 62 is, is pretty good height for an Oregon State receiver. You know, the beavers, again, kind of max out in the six feet to six one range. So um, height and again, athleticism, something that can get him on the field. Uh, Jonathan Smith said, we expect at least two wide receivers in this class to compete for playing time right away. Um, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily know which two he was pointing to. We have our idea. Um, but David Wells, that, that height and the athleticism, I think, is something that could get him on the field.
2: Yeah, and and Oregon State is getting their numbers when when guys come in for official visits, they take all their measures measurements. So that's where they're getting their their actual measurements. Um, whereas twenty four seven has measured them at camps, and it might be a, a year or two old.
1: Wells was a uh, a defensive back and kick and punt returner as well in high school. So somebody who, again, plays all over the field. One of those really uh, talented all purpose kind of guys. Okay, catch your breath, Angie. That was a lot. (laughs) We lot. 18 signees in the 2023 class. Again, Oregon State's highest rated class as it stands now since 2013. uh, The highest ranked class in a decade for the Beavers, unless anything changes, which it probably will between now uh, and the end of the second signing period, which closes on April 1st. All right, I'm going to catch my break a little bit Or catch my breath a little bit, Um, but we have to remind everybody to head to BeaverBlitz.com because Beaver Blitz, again, as part of the 24/7 Sports Network, uh, is the place to be for this kind of recruiting coverage. Uh, Nobody covers recruiting better than 24/7 Sports, and as Angie said, that's why we're so proud to be part of this network um, with experts like Brandon Huffman, Blair Angulo, Uh, you go down the line, Steve Wiltfong at the national desk. I mean, this team is as good as it gets when it comes to covering recruiting and you can join us at beaverblitz.com for 30% off an annual subscription right now that's a 75 dollar annual subscription uh these sales you know they they come and go so take advantage of this one while it lasts uh, this one unfortunately does not come with the paramount plus subscription um, so if you missed out on on that last deal you'll have to wait Uh, wait again but that does come every now and then again 30 percent off an annual beaver blitz subscription a lot of our recruiting content is behind the paywall so if you want to read it you'll need that subscription
0: okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love,
1: Now that we've caught our breath a little bit, let's go to our superlatives, Angie. So we've got one, two, three, four, five, six categories here. Um, We each made a pick for each one of these. And I I think there's a lot of crossover. Angie actually texted me uh, when I sent this to her and said that you stole all of my picks. He picked
2: first. It wasn't fair.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We could have done it blindly, I guess.
2: I guess. But no, it's all good because I think it really highlights our thoughts and, um, like I said, I I usually like to highlight more th- more players, but in something like this, I I just Carter had some great picks, so I think we have to go with it. Should we start with MVP right out, out of the gate?
1: Yeah, let's do it. I, I think it's kind of obvious because we did start the show with him, and it's Aiden Childs at quarterback for me, my MVP, uh, one of the nation's best quarterbacks at the high school level. Again, checks in at number eleven according to twenty four seven Sports, but I think he will easily crack that top 10 by the time he lands in Corvallis. Well, actually he is in Corvallis, but, um, by the time practice starts and, you know, we get into the season, um, after all of the signings are complete across the country, I think he will be a top 10 quarterback, uh, according to our database.
2: Yeah. Aiden Childs, hands down star of this class and has the chance to be super special by the time his four or five years is up in Corvallis, top rated recruit of uh, quarterback recruit since Derek Anderson. Pretty pretty good company there. So um, I, I just I love um, just what he stands for. I, I think we'll, we'll talk a little bit about some of the battles. Like I, I can talk about it now. I mean I heard rumors of some pretty big NIL deals being t- tossed at him, and he stuck firm in his commitment. And um, exciting exciting things for him coming up.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. Aiden Childs, I think probably the most impressive commit to Oregon state since I mean, shoot at, at the quarterback position, you said since Derek Anderson, I mean, th- those are the two quarterbacks in the top 10 all-time commits regardless of position at Oregon state. Um, so he's, he, I mean, he's right up there with, with some of the best that I've ever come. And what here. I love.
2: So, you know, I know back uh, Oregon state was after, and I, the name ex- escapes me now from Colorado and he ended up committing to Arizona. Um,
1: Braden Dorman.
2: Yes. Brayden Dorman. I look at what Braden Dorman did this season and what Aiden Childs did this season. And it's like Oregon State won the jackpot here. Um, sometimes it it is a good thing when players decide to go elsewhere. Um, and Everything stage, happens for a reason. It, it does happen for a reason. And what what he did, what Childs did, kind of in this during this season. Um, but what I love about him is not only does he have a strong arm, he gets it done with his legs too. It's a true, true dual threat guy.
1: Somebody who before the season, Angie and I said, "Okay, this kid's going to blow up." So hopefully, yeah. Oregon State can hold on to him. Sure enough, he did. Um, and, and now he's got more hype than just about anybody not named Arch Manning or Dante Moore uh, in the 2023 class. So really impressive again for Oregon State to identify him before he did blow up and then hold on yes. to him as he had a, a remarkable senior season uh, down at Downey High School in California. Angie, let's move to our most game ready player who again, we picked the same one. So since I uh, I, I stole Aiden Childs from you at M- MVP. You can steal Kelsey Howard from me. Kelsey Howard. And, and I, you know, him
2: here. so again, like I said, he showed up to campus this week. And um, I've heard from sources in the Valley Football Center that the staff was buzzing when they saw him. He came in all of 6'4, 270, um, looked the part, and they're excited. They they want to see how quickly he can learn the the defense, but um, the sky is the limit for this young man. And, um, if, if you talk about Aiden Childs and the hype that came in with him, maybe second to the hype that Kelsey Howard just has kind of surrounding his little bubble, because that kid, like we said, is he's going to bring the Vegas to Corvegas.
1: I love it. Maybe Oregon state will actually finally like embrace the whole Vegas thing Maybe after going to the Vegas bowl and having a, a potential star player from Las Vegas on the team. Maybe they'll finally embrace something that I think everybody in the fan base and, and we have been promoting for so long, uh, make Cor Vegas happen. Yes. For the most game ready. player, Vegas. Our, our most game ready player here in the 2023 class of Kelsey Howard, again, six four two seventy out of high school at, at a position of need. Yeah. Incredibly talented. I, I think it's a no brainer. Kelsey Howard will be on the two deep come fall. And I mean, shoot, Angie, could we see him start at some point? Point next year
2: potentially yeah i'm not quite ready to to make my big predictions like i was with damian martinez last year but yeah, yeah. well because
1: we haven't seen him in practice yes. yet but but, but ask us him. again after camp
2: he he really could um definitely most underrated carter
1: yeah let's move to our most underrated player in the class Um uh, and for me i i chose I, isaiah chisholm i think there were a couple of guys who qualified for this but the thing that stood out to me with Isaiah Chisholm is, is the fact that we at, at 24-7 Sports had him tabbed as an 88 overall, which is a borderline four-star player. Um, but the composite rating, which again takes in some of those other sites, um, has him as, as a mid three-star at 0.8542. So when you think about that, the composite is is kind of an average. Um, and I, I don't know exactly how they weight everything. Of course, it's, it's proprietary, but an 88 at 24-7, and then 85 in the composite means some of those other sites probably oh, have hello. him in the 80 to 83 range, yeah. um, which is ridiculous because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, again, we, we talk about the 24-7 West Coast analysts being the best in the business. If they tab somebody as a borderline four-star, they're probably a borderline yeah. four-star. Um, so I think he is criminally underrated in the composite. Um, look at his offer list, yeah. mind Just, you. I mean, with, look with at his offer from list. Half in the Pac-12 um Michigan a guy State who, was
2: after him I mean yeah I mean right yeah
1: Angie agreed that was her pick for most that was my pick too well. it was just
2: I mean I think 88 89 seemed a little more appropriate for him
1: go watch his film we'll yeah we'll agree. <laughs> then get back to us um let's move to our diamond in the rough uh, somebody who you know I, I think takes a little bit of a, a little bit of work from the coaching staff and and maybe refines their game a little bit and and could be a steal um, I, I think the diamond in the rough category was was our way of of kind of framing the steel of the class. Yeah. Um, and Angie, we agreed on this one again. Yeah. I'll let you handle it.
2: Thomas Collins, the the defensive lineman from Sweden. I just I don't know what to expect because you know when you look at his film, he's dominant. But I don't really know how the competition stacks up to to what he's getting into here. But strength, size, motor. I'm really excited. I, I, I see this kind of as a but like you said, steal of the class and it, it kind of takes me back to Dylan Wynn, um, way back when um, as, as a guy that's going to be just that motor that doesn't quit. And uh, I think he's going to be doing some big things in Corvallis and maybe this year.
1: Yeah. What I really like is that, you know, players who come from overseas oftentimes go under the radar just because it is really yeah. hard for them to get exposure. Um, but one thing you worry about is how they're going to stack up against American competition, because of course the competition is going to be a little bit lower overseas. He needs the experience in, in the States before we can say that he's, you know, going to play right away or anything. Um, But what's, what stood out to me is the fact that he popped right away at a camp when he came over, like it wasn't like there was some drop off in, you know, Oh, he's playing against American players. No, he stood out against American players coming over from Sweden. His film is really impressive. Again, he stood out at that camp, and I think he has a great frame, too, at 6'1", 275. Uh, he, he has really good weight uh, as a defensive lineman, and I think you know you can build on that. Yeah. Um, and and who, again, maybe doesn't contribute right away, but I, I don't think will take very long once he gets a little bit of refinement from that coaching staff.
2: I agree completely. So now we're going to move on to the toughest battle, the biggest victory for Oregon State, Carter. I'm going to let you start here.
1: All right. So I actually picked two guys because I think it was kind of a tie. Yeah. Um, and and this is actually the first one that Angie and I picked a different player for. We also picked a different player for our, for the last one as well. But um, the, the toughest battle victory for me is a tie between Isaiah Chisholm and Kelsey Howard. So I, for this one, I, I look at, again, their rating. And the offer sheet. And with Isaiah Chisholm, he had offers from half of the Pac-12, five Mountain West schools, and Michigan State. So, you know, you've you've got your other Power Five uh, contenders for him. And then a bunch of West Coast schools who, again, you know, sometimes you see guys pick Mountain West schools over Pac-12 teams. It's it's not out of the question. Um, so you do have to fight with them for some of these guys. Oregon State lands him over all of those schools. And, and it was fierce to the very end. Uh, Oregon State won this one. And then Kelsey Howard did the other one. Again, half of the Pac-12 offered him. He had offers from Miami, Nebraska, Michigan, BYU, and again, five Mountain West Conference schools. Um, Two of the, I I think the two best and most impressive offer sheets in the class. And for Oregon State to go toe-to-toe with the USC's and the Oregons and Miami and Nebraska and Michigan, like that's really impressive and a testament to not only Oregon State's recruiting staff's ability, but the brand that Oregon State has started to build as it has won more games.
2: Funny, funny little story. I know we're running out of time. We've run out of time. But Kelsey Howard, I told you, Greg Biggins is like dialed in. So I hear after Kelsey Howard's um, visit that he loved Oregon State and was like on the verge of committing. So I call Biggins and say, hey, what are you hearing? He's like, oh, I heard he liked it. But no, he's not committing to Oregon State. I said, "Um, okay like seriously, like maybe four days later, Biggins calls me. So there's actually, I'm like, I told you. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's not. He's not going to Oregon State. And then he's like, wow, they, the family loved it. They, they loved Oregon State. So um, Big one. my, my toughest battle, I, I'm going with Aiden Childs and not that he was ever wavering, but I have heard some wild rumors about some pretty big NILs that were being kind of tossed around his direction. Um, and then Isaiah Chisholm, I've heard some pretty behind the scenes, some cut, like you said, right down to the wire, right down to that night before signing day coaches on the phone with him in late into the night. So um, it was a battle, but um, I think he's excited to to be a beef and uh, Beaves were able to, to hold on.
1: Four guys right there. Well, I guess three with Chisholm, Howard, and, and Aiden yes. Childs. Um, really impressive wins for Oregon state. All right. Our last superlative, um this one's kind of it's kind of all-encompassing yeah so it's our best fit award and and i put in parentheses here on our rundown that could mean culture it can mean the position it can mean the scheme or or position of need you know anywhere that you think a guy comes in and just fits at oregon state um angie i'll let you go for here because we did pick different players yeah
2: we did we picked different and I actually love who you picked because I do think he fits that but I picked Jacob Anderson the offensive tackle from Montana um just like I said and then hearing from his coach and in the kind of player that Oregon State's getting with him I just I think he is the the prototypical coach check, you know an offensive lineman that maybe wasn't getting attention from all over the, the you know the big schools but just fits in what Oregon State's doing up front and and building in that depth on the offensive line.
1: So I actually had it narrowed down to Jacob Anderson and my pick.
2: Oh really? So I'm glad. Okay, yeah. So, okay. Good.
1: Right. So I excuse me. I agree with you, and I'm glad you took him uh, over my pick so that we could highlight both of yeah. them. Um, and and mine is Cooper Jensen at tight end. You know, he's six five, highly highly athletic. Um, and I think he just kind of fits that prototypical Jonathan Smith era tight end who, you know, might come in as as somebody who has um, their style, you know, maybe as a receiving first tight end or some guys come in as a blocking first tight end, but who can develop into someone who does both. And I think as you see Cooper Jensen hit the weight room, work on his, uh, you know, on his blocking tactics and technique, maybe somebody who can do a little bit of both, but somebody who, again, as Oregon State has proven over the last three or four years, can come in and contribute very, very early in their career at the tight end position. Oregon State kind of shies away from playing true freshmen at at a lot of positions, but not at tight ends. We have seen true freshmen every year since Jonathan Smith came in, uh, play at the tight end position, and I think Cooper Jensen could be the next in line to do that. Um, But I'm really excited to see what he develops into about two, three years from now. Um, cause I think he has some of those like Luke Musgrave characteristics where he's just a freak athlete, super tall, who can catch the ball. Um, again, just the prototypical Oregon state tight end. I think, he's and a great I, and fit. I think
2: the culture, I agree with you too, because he fits the culture part too. Here's a guy that committed in October of 2021 had offers from Tennessee and, and some other programs coming after him, but stuck true to his commitment, yep. you know, made his commitment. It was done. And um, again, just fits that culture that Jonathan Smith has, has uh, made very clear.
1: That wraps it up for our class superlatives, six awards. And again, Angie and I agreeing on a lot of them, I think just kind of cements home, um, you know, how underrated Isaiah Chisholm was or how uh, how high the ceiling is for Thomas Collins, who maybe flew under the radar. Um, so I'm glad that we were in agreement on a few of them, but I, I like that we highlighted a, a couple more at the end there. All right. Um, The very last thing we want to do before we get out of here is looking at a a couple of guys who we think are the top contenders to earn playing time right away. And I think, you know, we only highlighted three here uh, on our list, but I I think we'll see more than that play. Um, Special teams in particular, Oregon State likes to get its true freshmen involved in special teams. But three guys who we think can crack the two deep at their respective positions. Angie, you take the first one.
2: Kelsey Howard. Vegas, baby.
1: <laughs> I just think he's, I feel like I, I, Yeah.
2: I just think he is physically, you know, and that's a lot of times the higher ranked guys like those 90s, the four star five star guys, they're just more physically developed than maybe a lower ranked player. Kelsey Howard is ready to play right now physically. That's why I put him on the list.
1: Yeah, I, I think just saying Kelsey Howard is enough said. (laughs) I think we, I think everybody knows at this point what kind of a prospect he is. Uh, The two others, two wide receivers. And and again, I said in Jonathan Smith's signing day press conference, he said that there are, you know, probably there's probably room for two or three true freshmen wide receivers to come in and play right away, or at least compete for playing time out of the four. And and the two that I picked being Montreal Hatton and Tasty and Reddick's Uh, both of them are going to be here in January. So, you know, we're here on Monday, January 9th. They're probably in class right now as we record this, um, two guys with, with great speed, a little bit of size. I I think Oregon State's wide receiver position in in 2023 lines up as again, one of its thinner positions. Mm -hmm. Um, so getting at least one or two of these guys to step in right away is, is crucial, um, and the fact that Smith pointed to to a couple of them as as having the possibility to do that, I think means it's pretty realistic.
2: Yep, I agree
1: 100%. All right. Kelsey Howard, Montreal Hatton, Tasty and Reddix are immediate playing time contenders. Angie, we've gone way over time, but I figured we would because this is a jam-packed show as we highlight all of the 18 signees. Again, one of them ceremonial, but 18 signees to Oregon State's 2023 recruiting class. So now you may ask, what is next? Well, Transfer Portal remains open through January 18th. The second Transfer Portal window will open towards the end of spring practices around the country, May 1st through 15th. The regular signing period opens February 1st and will stay open through April 1st. So two months there where Oregon State can sign some preferred walk-ons, maybe one or two more scholarship guys. If the scholarships become available, we'll see. But I do think that is more of a preferred walk-on signing period. and then the transfer portal again. Oregon State has already landed talent. We'll continue to search for talent. Uh, we're predicting a couple more, maybe coming.
2: Yeah, we ha- uh, Angie, I'm, if I'm still waiting. Yeah. There. So, um, Oregon State hosted five uh, transfer portal guys this past week. Um, four earlier, um, kind of like the Wednesday, Thursday, Friday timeframe. Another this weekend. Oregon State picked up a commitment from edge rusher Olu Omata. Show um, out of Wyoming, he blew up. Um, so. He just committed, um, I think it was Friday. And then uh, I, we should know in the next couple of days about the other guys that were there, but think defensive backs were, were on campus. So um, those three guys were defensive backs and one tight end. So um, stick with Beaver Blitz. We'll have all of the latest um, in the lodge.
1: And you can take 30% off an annual subscription to Beaver Blitz. Again, that's a $75 annual subscription, a great deal. Uh, to get all of our VIP recruiting coverage <laughs> and hop into the lodge. If you're watching us live on YouTube,
2: yeah, Duke uh, says I hi. that's
1: Duke in the frame there with Angie waving and, and apologizing for barking, the barking throughout this yes. episode. Um, but we thank you for watching us live or listening anytime, anywhere you get your podcasts to this first episode of 2023 we're going to be recording on Mondays moving forward. And, and we might switch that a little bit once spring camp rolls around or once baseball hits. But I, I think Monday is something that we're going to settle into for most of this off season. So definitely join us live. If you can, we appreciate the support Head to Beaver Blitz for more coverage of Oregon state football. And until next Monday, you can follow Angie on Twitter at Angie Machado one. You can follow me at Carter Baines and we'll talk to you next Monday for another episode of the damn podcast